TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, All that right, blew I'll- me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 511, and I'm Libya, your host. And this week, we have returning guests. Hi, this is Tom, normally from West Palm Beach, Florida, but now I'm coming to you from Norfolk, Virginia. And I teach cinema and media arts at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida. Hi, this is Allison, and I still write for Wadenopolis. Hi, this is Yusun, costume designer and TV enthusiast from Los Angeles. All right, let's get started with the news. Uh, Love, Victor has been renewed for season three on Hulu. Snowpiercer has been renewed early for season four. Woohoo! Uh, what is it? Not TBS. USA? Yeah, it's TNT. Yeah, it's TNT. Okay, TNT. TNT. There we go. Oh, TNT. Uh, yeah. Uh, Sweet Tooth has been renewed for season two. Woohoo! Uh, next up, we have news that I feel like already broke, so I'm confused why it's breaking again, which is that uh, Jodie Whittaker and Chris Chibnall will not be returning to Doctor Who. I feel like that already broke, but they act like it it's brand new It was officially news. confirmed by BBC. That's why it yeah. broke. Okay, because I was like, that already happened, right? Okay, I'm not crazy. All right, Tom, do you have any news? I do. Um, at Amazon, Delroy Lindo has been cast as the lead in Neil Gaiman's and Nancy Boy's. Jay mm-hmm. Courtney is joining Chris Pratt in the action series The Terminal List. And Alfonso Gomez Rejon, who directed Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl, will direct Fortress of Solitude, a coming-of-age adaptation for Amazon. AMC, uh, thoughts and prayers to Bob Odenkirk, who recovered from a heart-related incident, oh, which he yeah. later said was a small <laughs> heart attack. I was like, how do you gauge a big scary. heart attack versus a small heart attack? Uh, anyway, well, he's he not dead. <laughs> Yes, and can. the sci-fi thriller moot series Moonhaven has cast Amara Karan as a lead. This is weird news from the CW. Matt Ryan is playing a new character in Legends Season 7 because evidently Warner Corporate is being stupid and saying you can't use Constantine anymore. What? So, so yeah, so they're killing Constantine, but they're keeping the actor and making him a different character, which is super confusing. Um, but it's because be, because Warner Brothers is going to wants to use Constantine in the movies, and so they right. want him or, off the show, or in the Justice League Dark thing that they're talking about for right. HBO Max. It's still stupid because Warner's has their head up their butts. Um, yeah. Disney Plus Hawkeye is going to premiere November twenty fourth. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody! Uh, also at HBO Max, this is not dumb. J.K. Simmons is negotiating to reprise his role as Commissioner Gordon for the Batgirl film starring Leslie Grace. So that's kind of cool. Netflix ordered the animated series Chicago Party Ant based on a Twitter account with Laura (laughs) Ash and RuPaul as part of the voice cast. Is that what we've come to now? Is that, that is what we've come to now. <laughs> part of Jennifer Garner's deal with Netflix. Part of Jennifer Garner's deal with Netflix includes a Yesterday sequel. Blonde, a Marilyn Monroe biopic with Anna de Armas has been pushed to 2022. Uh, Criminal Minds Revival is dead on arrival at Paramount Plus, according to Paget Brewster. Also at Paramount Plus, Alex Kurtzman is extending his Star Trek deal through 2025. 
So all the people wow. saying, oh, they hate him. No, they're not. They're very happy that they're giving him four more, four more years. Um, Peacock has ordered a five-part Days of Our Lives spinoff called Beyond Salem with Lisa Rinna reprising her role as Billy. And finally, TBS has landed Norman Lear's Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman remake with Emily Hampshire from Schlitz Creek. Schitt's Creek. I was like, what show is that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My autocorrect uh, didn't like the almost bad word. Um, let's start off with the shows. First up, we're going to talk about Motherland Fort Salem. And this... this show continues to be amazing. And what's crazy is this episode kind of started off slow. And I was like, oh, is this going to be like a dip in quality? Yeah. And nope. it was like, it was, uh, what's her name? The bellwether. She had to go home. Abigail. And she, Abigail, she got surprised by her three dads, which is weird, Ambush. but we're not going to go into no, that. And and she gets inundated with all these suitors, and she just rolls her eyes because she's there on a mission. And her parents are trying to sideline her with all this get married and have baby stuff. And she's like, look, guys, I got stuff I got to be doing. And I like that her grandmother, that I have to say that was a very kind of black home kind of deal because she walked in there mm-hmm. and everybody was like, woo. And I was like, yep, that's that's how grandmother get treated. That's about right. <laughs> and so I really liked her entrance and, the, and, and just how everyone treated her and the authority she had and how she put her foot down. I was like, look, she got that look in her eye like she's trying to do something. Let her go do what she's going to go do. And that... I really, I was, I really appreciate it. And then on the on the end, you had the other two, Rael and what's the red hair's name? Anyway, uh, you had the two of them Callie. spending time together. Tally, yeah, and you, Callie. and it looked like they were just sitting around with the dad doing little stuff, and then that blew up. And I'll let somebody else talk about that. I like this episode so much, I watched it twice. Um, <laughs> I love when Minerva put Mama Bellwether in her place. It's like. Uh, excuse me, I'm the matriarch here. Yes. She's <laughs> now. Yeah. Every, um, everybody just, respect your elders, baby. No, I thought the whole thing, that was, the whole thing of, of the three the three dads was creepy. And especially with all the guys vying with each other, well, what will you contribute to? It's like, ugh. Exactly. Oh, all of it was just gross. Yeah. Well, but the thing is, it's a flip side of when you when you have these these situations where the the male has all these sister wives, and yeah. it's it's showing you, you know what? It really is creepy. It's not cute, and and this is what it would look like if you if you flipped it on its head. So it gives you a chance to actually see from from the other side, and how unpleasant it really is. Right. I like that. I, I thought they did a great job with that. They do that great throughout the show, all of it. You know what I mean? That yeah, because, flip- it, no, because in this world, the, the the power really rests with the women, and it's all it's all a power dynamic. So I'm wondering yeah. if the big reveal is going to be Rael finding out her the reason Dead Mama didn't appear is because she's not so dead. Right. right. I'm amazed she hasn't figured this out yet. I mean, clearly the friend has the friend of the mother. She got this look yeah. on her face. Yeah. When she said yeah. she didn't show up, and and you know she she managed to end that without actually saying anything, but you could tell she's twigged to it already. Right. And and how Rael hasn't is just as amazing to me. She gives her that. Ooh, look at the time. I got to step. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, sorry. Gotta go. Gotta wax the cat. Sorry. Gotta wax the cat. I'm sorry. I, I, 
not sure what that means. But I think it might be lascivious. Um, uh, I, I just want to jump in because I, I don't have that much to say about this week's episode because um, I'll, I will just kind of parrot what everybody said, which is, uh, is Libby, I agree with you. At first I was like, oh, first dip of the season. You know what I mean? And even if it had been, I would have been fine with it because, I mean, come on, you know, you can't, a show, a season can't be perfect, whatever. Um, But it just does not disappoint. Um, And, uh, you know, I I love, I think I mentioned this last week, uh, I love that, you know, they do a great job of of giving everybody really good storylines. You know, in this case, the two kind of go off together. But, you know, they're firing on all cylinders on every level. A lot of times, you know, we talk about a show and we're like, I don't really like plot, you know, a plot, a B plot or C plot, you know, or I don't really like this character or that character. But the one thing I really, not one, the many, one of many things I like about the show is it is solid all the way through. I care about every storyline. I care about every character. Remember, there's the um, spree aspect to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the. Oh, and they attacked the, they attacked the general. That was unexpected. Yeah, that was- oh. Man, who would volunteer to do that, by the way? I just kept thinking, I'm looking at this guy, I'm thinking, how much would you, how big a fanatic would you have to be to be willing to have a molten metal poured down your throat? That's crazy. It's essentially being a suicide bomber, you know what I mean? Yes, of course, he's dying to do this. Yeah, literally. but I mean, I believe even that wasn't like you know overblown. Like you know they he you know they they prepped the scene. I think it was last week or maybe this week about him storming off and being like, "I want to do more." And you know, so he's clearly a zealot. But mm-hmm. so yeah, that's what I mean. Like that was compelling. The you know the the attack on the throat thing. I think I mentioned this. You know, way, season one, the the whole you know the witches having the power in their voices and the singing aspect or the whatever whatever. That's a real new take for me in terms of you know witchery uh i don't think that's a word but um <laughs> witchcraft. Yeah, so, witchcraft is so, what you're thinking about yeah witchery is right. too but witchcraft right but 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 that go ahead i was just gonna say that's why the attack on her throat was so significant and so devastating oh that's what i mean like they they just you know they 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 build on that, you know, they don't just kind of mention it or we don't see, I mean, it's, you know, they cut the girl's throats out, all of it. I just, it's such a tight show, you know, uh, you know, much in the way that I will be talking about Ted Lasso. Um, it's such a, like a dense show and an even show, you know what I mean? And a compelling show and, you know, all, it just gives me a, like kind of everything that I want. So but yeah, I, I, I just want uh, somebody to address the very end of the show. Uh, Allison or Tom. Either one of you guys want to hit the last um, beat? Sure. Oh, I, when the when Tal, uh, Allison, go ahead. No, that go ahead. Bye. No, uh, when when Tally and now I'm forgetting the other one's name. Uh, Rayel. 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 When, they, when they get attacked. Right. And so, kidnapped. And the, and the thing is, we see this suspicious vehicle trailing them, and they were supposed to be the you know the ones their bodyguards or whatever. And the bad guys took them out like. I know, five seconds. They're yeah. terrible bodyguards. <laughs> it's like the worst bodyguards ever. I did. I thought that too. Oh wait, we have got we got to mention the kidnapped children because I'm telling you, it's oh, so dense. Oh right. wow, that was yeah. Crazy. 
Mr. They're building on that too. I mean, I'm telling you, it's such a dense show. It's great. The the kidnapped children is a whole nother line. Yeah. The Camarilla, whole nother, all of it. It's a really, really good show. Yeah. The thing that tripped me out this episode is we see these shots of them throwing in these metal objects to Bella. So usually, oh, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna build ourselves a golden calf to worship or whatever. It's like, no, we're gonna make a a a, a vat of molten liquid, pour it down this guy, this zealot's throat. So we can disable, you know, Alder. Well, they were trying to kill her. They said it almost killed her. And well, the biddies, the, because the biddies were sharing in her pain. Right, and but it, it took all, some it, of them out. Yeah, it took it took a couple of the biddies out. Um, but they were, I think they were legitimately trying to kill her. Yeah, oh, I yeah. agree. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, because so let's... the thing is, if they don't kill her, then they use magic to just restore her. By the next episode, she'll probably be fine. Be fine, right. Um, but, but we need to move on. We've been on this one for a while. Uh, but thumbs up, I would say. Everybody? Oh, yes. yeah. Yes. Sure. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about Masters of the Universe from episode three through five, which is where we had the part one break. And I don't know if we raved enough about it last week, but uh, this week, I think uh, these episodes is really where the plot kicks in. I think the first part was the shock and awe of them killing uh, He-Man. You're like, holy crap, what does this mean? And then we've set Tila on this quest by the end of the second episode. But really, episode three through five is the actual quest where you find out she has to go to the underworld and she has to go to heaven to get the two pieces of this sword. And episode three is her going to the underworld and fighting this guy that looks kind of like Skeletor, but he's not Skeletor, which was kind of confusing. Um, and and Scared Yeah, because you basically have to face your fear. So the whole episode was about fear, and it showed what all the different characters feared, and they had to overcome that to defeat him. Yeah, it, it's interesting. One thing is, if you know the toy line, they're cramming in a lot of toys that were never used in this, because Scareglow's a toy. I have no Ro- idea. Roboto's this... a toy. Yes. Um, the, the thing that was crazy about this portion is they killed off, I mean, they really killed off two people. Orko of all yeah. creatures sacrifices himself and I never cared for Orko in the original series because he was just annoying. He was annoying. He was yeah. just like, oh, we have something for the kids aside from an extended toy commercial. But when he makes his sacrifice, I mean, good. you feel it. And then they killed Roboto. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah so... I remember. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, I, I don't have much to say because uh, I, I think I'm less of a fan than you guys. Um, but I do remember last week kind of saying, like, you know, this is a fun, fresh, different, you know, take. Uh, wasn't a big fan of the the original. Maybe I didn't even really watch it. Um, certainly didn't play with the toys. Um, but uh, I agree with you, Libya. You know, the, it, they just, you know, they push through. It's They, they only have, what, five episodes? So they really got to get a lot of stuff done. Um so yeah, but that that is the one thing I I thought I was kind of like, are they going to kill everybody? I was like, what is happening? <laughs> Ten little Indians for real. I had that thought, and I was like, I'm not going to put it past this show. You know what I mean? So when they got to the end, and I'll let you guys talk about everything else. Uh, and they and you mentioned it already when they re-killed He-Man. I was like, he's not is, dead. He looked yeah. he looked nicely skewered. How about that? He well, is skewered. But Whatever. I, Emotionally, I had to go through that journey. You know what I mean? And like, I was like, is that like 2.5 deaths or 3.5 deaths? <laughs> I, 
Does so, he count as one and a half deaths? Or if because I did also think maybe he'll come back. So I was like, is that a point five death? And I was like, wow, it's a lot of death. Well, so the that thing, was the thing that made that so enormous is that he went through this whole process. Because when they they finish going to the underworld, they go to heaven. And and he's there. He's having his paradise with all the other, cha- with all the with other, all champions, the other champions, and he's gotten his reward. Yeah. And they were like, "Well, the loophole that allows these guys to go back down, you could do it too, but you basically are sacrificing your you know, your uh, rest in peace, you know, your heavenly reward. You're sacrificing that because there's no guarantee you'll end up you'll end up back here." And he makes this huge he makes this huge decision that he's going to come back because he thinks the world needs him. And they're like, no, dude, there's going to be, there's always another champion. The world doesn't actually need you, need you. And, but he, he has unfinished business. He comes back and like, he's back for five seconds. <laughs> and then we get the reveal that Skeletor was chilling in Evelyn's orb. Right. So he comes out of the orb. Skewers He-Man, not, it's not a mortal, it's only a flesh wound. I don't know. It, they, it looked pretty they, mortal at the time. They, they, they've, all, they've already given many reviews. They've already said in all the uh, several interviews. Yeah, that I he's didn't not read. Dead. I didn't read any of the interviews, so I'm just judging what I saw. From what I okay, saw, but, he looked dead. But Skeletor takes the the power sword, and he is now Skelegod. Right. To be continued. I, boom, boom, boom. I want to mention about Cersei. I mean, Evil Lynn. Um, and her, <laughs> you know, her like going back to the dark side. That's a lot of metaphors. There's a lot of shows in there. Um, you know, I really enjoy her voicing the character. That's definitely a highlight for me. Um, and it was, it was cute. I mean, cute isn't the right word, but when she was like, oh, I started liking you guys or whatever, whatever it was. Um, I just feel like that adds a lot of, not the fact that she's seriously, but I think she's a strong, uh, a voice actor for the for the role i think that it definitely adds something for me um you know and the whole like i didn't like that she was like going back to her man you know what i mean that was a little like uh, because i think somewhere in episode three four or five she kind of talks about I think they talk about or something or her like putting all the eggs in the like bad man basket or something you know what I mean and I was like I don't know where this is going and then at the very end you know she's like going back to her abusive man and I was like I'm not sure I I understand this message so I mean if I watch season two which I part two which I imagine I will because I gotta know if he man comes back to life um I I want to see what they do with that. I, I imagine she'll finally wake up and leave her, you know, bad guy. I don't know. It, the show's no. not important to me, so. Uh, but it is very watchable. It is. It's watchable for me. It's fun. All right. So uh, next up, let's talk about uh, Star Wars Bad Batch. And yet again, we are on a random side quest, which ends up at the end being part of the main story, but we don't know that. I'm sorry. I always had a bad feeling about that. It just, something about that seemed too convenient that, ooh, the message just happens to cut off before you get more details. You just get the, so I I was suspecting this is a setup. Yeah, it was a trap. Yeah, what's his name? Set a trap for them. Crosshair. Yeah, crosshairs. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense because uh, he understands them. And if you know that Crosshair is checking, is to be fair, he did. Uh, what's his name? The main guy, Hunch, Hunter. Hunter. 
Hunter. Hunter. Yeah, he Hunter. he didn't want to do it because he thought it was a bad idea. And see, listening to a little eight-year-old girl for your plans is a bad <laughs> is a bad move, dude. This is how you end up in what traps. What could go wrong? So uh, yeah, he ended up being caught. Um, but now they're of course he's going to use Hunter as bait to catch the rest of the team. So uh, what? Of course, my my fear is they're going to turn on his. Uh, what is it? Uh, well, he his had his chip removed. Oh, he had his chip entirely removed. That's true. Okay, never yeah, mind. They had a whole episode about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. So, uh, the episode itself was, eh, was okay. I mean, I was literally doing other things while I was watching it, so I guess it was all right. But I, it's more. It was more setup for the next episode, and it was more like stop looking to the eight-year-old girl for your plans. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Any other thoughts? <laughs> that pretty much covered it for me. I mean, I, I think I probably liked the episode a little more than you did. I thought it was, you know, a good actiony kind of Mission Impossible type of, you know, let's break into this thing kind of, kind of an episode. So I enjoyed it. Um, but like you said, it was a transition episode. It gets us from from A to B, and you know, or A to C by way of B. And um, I, I thought, you know, as as episodes like that go, it did it very well. So. Yeah, and I mean, I think Crosshairs is a good bad guy in that you really want him to be a good guy, but he's really not going to be one. And he's got this menacing presence, which I think works really well. He's the whoever's doing the voice acting is like he does that. Oh, it's the same guy. It's I forgot. the same guy. Yes, yeah, right. He does all the voice. Yeah, he's got this way of doing Crosshairs that's that's very like. I am being evil now. Like, <laughs> uh, so Tom, your thoughts? No, I like I like the episode. Uh, you know, all the criticisms are valid, but I I always suspected a trap because it just seemed too convenient how the trap was laid. Right. So, I mean, and Hunter Hunter was hesitant, but he never thought it was a trap, which I think is a problem. He should have figured out it was a trap. Um, but anyway, uh, I guess that's all we got to say about that episode. So let's move on. Um, next up, we're going to talk about the mysterious Benedict society. And this week's episode made me feel a little better because sticky kind of snapped out of his brainwashing, which I was like, Oh, thank God. Seriously. Uh, That was so annoying, but I actually give them, I was going to say, give them points for realism, but then it's not realistic at the end. But, uh, so like, Kate does her big caper and does a sneak in and everybody's telling her she shouldn't go alone. And, and the fact that she didn't realize that all the key cards had IDs on them and she uses girls' key cards, obviously is going to lead back to the girl. And she's like, oh, yeah. So, like, Kate just made a lot of mistakes in this episode. And then her hanging off the side of this cliff all night, I was like, oh, her, her muscles are just, like, frozen now. She's not going to be able to climb back up. And I like the fact that they don't let her climb back up. So I was like, oh, realism. But then she gets caught by a dude at the bottom of the cliff, which I was like, oh, anti-realism. You, you, you knew they're not going to kill a kid. On I show. knew they weren't going to kill the kid, <laughs> but I didn't necessarily. And I was like, I was like, realism, except that you have this dude at the bottom of the cliff that literally catches her. 
Well, considering that his submarine was going down, it made sense that, you know, he ended up on shore. No, no, so. I'm not opposed to that. It's just the fact that can a human being catch somebody from a fall like that? Like, that was a pretty big fall. Well, in real life, I mean, that's like, can Batman or Spider-Man really swing on webs and catch somebody? The answer would be no. They would be, you know, dead from all the inertia and the sudden stop. So. Right, just exactly. Okay. That, but that was why I was countering my realism with anti-realism. That's all I was saying. Um, but I... Go ahead. Oh, the thing with the, the, thing with the Falcon... Oh, that's hilarious. You know, the, the, the Falcon manages to make the delivery, but to the wrong child. Yes. I thought that... Well, the, yeah. the Falcon was distracted by a sandwich, as Falcons are, apparently. <laughs> uh, also, Falcons, as they pointed out, are not messenger birds. That is not no. what they do. Um, so the fact I did that... like Constance's thing about her... Her bout with the Falcon when she was a child. <laughs> and I was like, aren't you still a child? <laughs> she was like, when I was little, I was like littler than you are now, little. And she's it's like, that girl's delivery cracks me up. <laughs> she's so good. And she's like, I am ready to battle again. And I was like, oh my God, she's terrifying. Um, and she is kind of smarter than all of the rest of them. That's what I really like about her. And, and then when they were all volunteering to stay, and she was like, I guess I have to stay because there's no way you're going to complete this mission without me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she's yeah, great. This, this was the episode of, I almost got caught. No, you didn't. Somebody else almost got caught. No, you didn't. Oh, you got You just got caught. <laughs> oh, right. When, um, when the, when the uh, obnoxious girl finds the oh, tetherball oh, right. she had given her. And just after they had bonded, she, I knew that was going to blow up. I knew that was going to oh, blow up. Oh, of course, of yeah. course. Um, but that was a solid episode. Oh yeah, it was really, really good. And and I like that Rent Rent Rennie Rennie managed Rainy. I can never say his name right. Um, I like that he did not let the headmaster fluster him. Like the headmaster was like, I know this, this, and this, and I can always tell when people are lying. And he's like, now do you want me to... And for most children, that would work. But Rennie was like, uh, none of that's true with me. I'm not sweating. I'm not doing any of those things. So, yeah, I'm just going to keep lying. So, <laughs> so he just he just kept lying. And I was like, all right. Keep lying until they're confused on what the truth is. Um, so I thought that he kept his cool. Uh, so I, I like that about him. And yeah, now we have to, and then we have the, um, did you know what they were building? I thought they were building an air balloon. So I was close. That was my guess. Uh, did you have a guess what they were building? No idea. Okay. Yeah. My, my prediction was an air balloon and it ended up being a, what is it called? Uh, dirigible. Dirigible. Thank you. Ended up being, yeah, ended up being that. And I was like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Um, it was when they were doing, cause they were, were weaving ropes and doing, all. I was like, what the, <laughs> and then she was like, have you ever built anything like this before? He's like, not on this scale. Was it functional? He's like, well, define functional. And I was like, uh, <laughs> flying. Uh, so that was all really pretty good. Um, but I don't know how they thought they were going to be undetected if that was during the day. That thing was huge. And the only reason they were undetected is because they did it at night. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, next episode looks like it's going to be great. Like, they've set up a lot of stuff. And that's the season finale, too, so... Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, this is a good setup episode. Uh, so, thumbs up for me. 
I'm really enjoying the show. They only had, like I said, only with the with Sticky being like brainwashed was the part that I didn't like. But other than that, I've liked everything else for the most part. All right, so let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Schmigadoon. <laughs> and that was my attempt at singing, and that's all you're going to get. <laughs> and, and if you have a child that needs to understand how reproductive... Uh, system works. There is a song in this episode that really breaks it down in the most basic way and to a catchy tune. Uh, listen, listen, I could live a hundred years and never have b- believed that you could make children <laughs> sing along and use the words, I mean, I don't know, vagina, penis, but placenta? I mean, come on. When and fallopian ever- tubes. And yeah. fallopian tubes. I mean, that was just brilliant. And <laughs> I, I'm going to jump in here because uh, you guys have been talking about a bunch of shows that I haven't watched or forgot to watch or, or something. And I particularly came on the show to, to extol the virtues of Schmigadoon. And later, you're going to have to take a, a hook and take me off to speak about uh, when I speak about Ted Lasso. But I, I want to just start broad and then smaller. I no longer watch the show as like a loving tribute, homage, satire. I straight up, this is just a musical for me at this point. You know what I mean? It's the, the, the yes, the, the, the asides, the, you know, the, 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 you know, the jabs, the jibes about the modern blah, blah, blah. Uh, just add to the whole thing for sure. The winks, you know, um, but the uh, listen, I'm a huge fan of musicals, including stage musicals, Broadway. I think there was a 10 year period where I think I saw every single musical and probably even off Broadway stuff. The the fact that and unlike Zoe, you know, and not it's not a diss. And clearly they needed to do this. Every single singer is a Broadway singer, even if they're not. You know what I mean? I didn't. I don't have the. I didn't have the patience to look them all up. Um, but the musicality really required to really drive the point home. You know what I mean? The intonation and the phrasing and the quality of the singing really needs to be musical Broadway level. You know what I mean? Like there are plenty of great singers out there that you know really can't do musicals. It's like its own thing. It's sort of like opera. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, no one. No, they stylistically down oh my god but what i mean is the casting you know what i mean the casting is fantastic they clearly were like we need actual broadway level singers so that to me extends it the music uh that song besides the one we're all having a lot of fun with clearly uh, cecily had great fun with it um is they are absolutely memorable and singable you know, uh, I think Allison made the reference, uh, you know, about how either on 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 text or on the show, uh, you know, about how, um, you know, a lot of them, you know, kind of definitely emulate, uh, you know, obviously, you know, do, do, the doe a deer, a female deer, that one uh, that emulate do re me the songs that we 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 if you're especially if you're a uh, a musical fan that we recognize or and even if you're not you just kind of know you know what i mean that this is definitely a musical song uh i'm gonna stop talking soon but i gotta give props to that suddenly the end scene where uh oh my god that was good that was so good watched it several times the editing with the cross scene thing i mean i was scratching my head at one point because i was like oh they bit it by the disc like i was actually like watching it trying to figure out how they cut that together 
And it then when they actually like cross, set to me. Yeah, yeah, but when they yeah. I, they had to be, or I was trying to figure out how they could have cheated it, but when because it looks like an edit, and then when they cross it, I was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I love about it. You know, the thing is, they, they go after certain tropes, and the side-by-side thing, which became popular in the late 50s, is such a, a, a trope of musicals, and you see this divided set, you're just assuming that, of course, they just edited two shots together, and then they cross over, and you realize they just built a set that looks like that. Right. I just, I lost it. I, I could not <laughs> stop laughing. It was like the bit at the end when the kids are singing, when they do the whole dance on the on the top of the, the, the desk. school desk right. and mm-hmm. the end the whole thing so collapsing in a fit of laughter and Keenan Michael Keen is, is looking at them and going why are they all laughing? Literally there's nothing funny that just happened and, <laughs> and it's precisely a musical trope you know, right. it, it was great I, it was absolutely fantastic I just want to say a few more things about it, just because I actually rewatched the and you know the La La Land you know musical whatever, and the fact that it wasn't even a duet, it was a I don't know a quartet, like you know what I mean? Like, quartet, quartet. No, no, I mean I know the word is quartet. I was making a play on the word duet versus like you know. Anyway, a quartet of instruments is usually how I think about it. So for me, I. Um, I literally rewound so that I was like, I think I want to remember this song. Like, can I sing this? You know what I mean? Like, I want to hum this as I'm walking through my house. So uh, I did think of you, Libya, because as our resident editor, um, I was like, I wonder if she knows how they did this. You know what I mean? I was like, like, I'm going to ask her because this is brilliant. And the last thing I want to say is because we talk about tropes, 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 and how they use them so well. Sometimes they turn them on their head. Sometimes they just lean into them, lean into them. And when he gave the son the or the little boy the kazoo, kazoo. and then he was like, oh, my God, that worked. I lost it. I could not stop laughing. And I thought, this show makes me laugh out loud. It makes my heart sing. Makes me want to do a little soft shoe. I mean, it is fantastic. Oh, last thing. This, to me, people criticize SNL skits all the time, right? That uh, either they're not funny or they're they're funny, the concept, but they're too long, you know? And Lauren Michaels is in charge of this and, and Bowen Yang. And, you know, this has got SNL written all over it. The one thought I have all the time when I'm watching this is, this is actually the opposite of what people complain about, that an SNL skit lasts too long. To me, this is a high concept SNL skit that really, given a 30 minutes, is allowed to breathe, you know what I mean? And is just hilarious. I could see this at started as a, you know, starting as an SNL skit, you know, and if it was a skit, we would have probably all complained it lasted too long. But this is, this, you know, this is just fertile ground and they just took it and grew a field of sunflowers because it's, it's great. I do. I can't enjoy it more. I can't, except right. for maybe Ted Lasso. Okay, let's let's let Tom talk about it for a second. Go ahead. I I just looked it up. Uh, the official name of that song is Vagina. <laughs> <laughs> so the, it's um. I I think I said last week or week before that Cecily Strong, I, Cecily Strong for me was kind of the weak link going into this, but I'm in now. She's you know she sold me on it and. <laughs> the um the, the thing with the doctor and his parents. Oh yeah, because <laughs> the dad died. Oh my god. With Lou. 
<laughs> but he they, died with a smile on his face. That's I true. Thought, I thought they were going to pull the I hate you because you helped, you know, you helped kill my father, but they did the opposite thing. <laughs> which was which was very smart. It was also it's also refreshing. Ariana DeBose played one of the leads in Netflix's adaptation of The Prom. So it's fun that in the space of less than a year she's gone from being a high schooler to a an elementary school teacher. So progress that's cool. Uh, Allison, I your thoughts? Like to give a sh- oh, okay. I'd like to give a shout out to the what I feel was the um, the episode's MVP, which is Alan Cumming, who just hits it out of the Oh, park. my God. Alan, <laughs> the homosexual on. song was fantastic. <laughs> the thing is, what I love, you know, we were talking before, uh, Yusin brought up um, the, the just, you know, everyone has a lock on the the how they're doing musicals and the style of them and and he's doing a very very he elected to do i guess a very specific style and he just carries it off so perfectly you know it's really from an older uh era um it's it's it goes back more to toward nelson eddy um type type of of singing but it's i i just i just fell over laughing when he starts singing I am a homosexual <laughs> I, I, I died I was, I was like crying I was laughing so hard and I like the part where she's like now she's like no 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 I didn't mean to say it now <laughs> he just like <laughs> announces it in the church and he kisses his wife goodbye and she's just like what <laughs> yeah that was good and then he was very specific he's like I'm a homosexual but I don't like you guys in the front no not you guys <laughs> This <laughs> is like not these idiots right here. Yeah, that was great. Standard. I was surprised that they that they made this reveal so soon, but I guess I thought that that would be more of an Act Three. Well, because thing I think it was the catalyst. Yeah. It, it, they specifically made it the catalyst for the Doctor to be like, you know, he inspired me, and this is why we're in love now, or I can profess my love. Like, I definitely think it helped to move the plot along. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. uh, I, I agree with you, but I get it also, you know. Yeah. And obviously, I'm just, it gave... I'm just waiting for what? Sorry, yeah. I'm just waiting for Kristen Chenoweth to finally get her song. That's what I was about to say. It obviously inspired her to do something evil, mm-hmm. of yeah. course. Yeah. And she needs to sing about it. Clearly, yeah, obviously. I think ironic. That's like one of the best ironic things. Is one of the most identifiable musical leads in the I don't last ten twenty years. Uh, it has not broken out into song yet. So I kind of... <laughs> Operative word yet. It's yes. anticipation. Yes. Anticipation. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Even our... that is... Yeah. So we're all giving this thumbs up 100%. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, so, so up. Uh, I'm watching it again. Body I'm watching it again. All right. Well, next up, we're going to talk about Ted Lasso. Woo! And this episode was very much... All it basically like as rocky as last week was for for Yusin, I think this one was much more solid. It felt more like a Ted Lasso episode. That is the understatement of the year because okay. I didn't talk first again, but since you brought it up, I really want to be extra fair and or you know to to whatever last week's I, I want to start by making it clear I did not not like last week's episode, but for me, and this is a bold statement. Bold. Um, we all know that everybody loved Ted Lasso last season, including the critics. Um, so when I was watching second season, you know, and I wasn't judging like, oh, are you going to be better than the first episode? I mean, sorry, second episode. I will go and f- so far as to say this episode was the perfect 
episode, like sitcom episode. Like it just, it did everything you would hope for a show to do. The laughs, the pathos, the, you know, the developing every character, the one-liners, the throw-offs, the visual jokes. I mean, it was so, I know I use this word again, dense, as as thick and dense as Motherland was. This is like the perfect comedy show and I just want to say a few quick specific things and I'll let you guys go but I wanted to make it clear that I could not have loved this episode more and it to me was also the epitome of why I love Ted Lasso so much and I think Allison will probably uh, and I want her to uh, you know elaborate on this every relationship that is in the show is really fantastic they build you know everything there's a relationship kind of between everybody right um, but the Keeley and Roy you know, um, a relationship. I think Allison, you mentioned you would watch a spinoff. Oh my God, sign I me did, up! I did. Oh, you did. You did. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. It's so. It is so strong. And you know, let's be honest. They were kind of, sort of, sidey-ish characters. Not really, but you know, whatever. So for me, you know, they took a scene. I will go backwards. They took a scene that was, you know, absolutely could have been raunchy. It was probably the most wholesome raunchy episode I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's watching a video of him crying. But, like, the joke yes. was brilliant. They start, all like, three or five, you know, jokes or storylines, and they finish them in the same episode. The fact that uh, Ted and the Doctor, to me, I thought they were going to be set up as, like, adversaries the entire season. And I was, like, fine with that because I thought she created a good foil for him, and it was very organic. It made sense. But the fact that they wrapped that crap up, you know, and that she had won, he had won her over, which is completely believable considering he's Ted. You know what I mean? Um, was amazing. And but but going back to Roy and Keely, and I'll let you guys talk about everything else. Um, I mean, I made notes, not not about the the relationship. I mean, the whole show. But I'll skip them all by saying, um, Roy, his character, that gruffness. We've seen it before. We've seen the gruffness with the heart of gold. You know, thing. We get it. But it's so funny, and he's so good at it. And having him, you know, paired with Keely, who was literally sweet as pie and and so supportive. The fact that they ran that whole thing when he was yelling at the um the his team. You know what I mean. <laughs> you know, and he, he was like, da, 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 and then he's like, I, it's been a privilege, you know? Um, <laughs> you know and I like but, that the little kids find him hilarious. Yeah, yes. He's inspiring. You know what I mean? So, so to me, his character, his, that relationship, this particular episode, really epitomizing the beauty of their relationship, the support, the, even the scene where he was like, you know, where he was, um, he caught her, you know, uh, having a date with herself. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> enjoying her own company. Yes, enjoy, thank you by that, you know. Self-pleasuring. Yes, and he, and he was like, no, come on, honey, it's, it's important for me to know what you like, and you know, blah, 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 and I thought, that's so, that's not even a funny, what, oh, last thing, when Jamie comes back and they're at the bar, you know, and he's like, how you doing, and he's like, great, well, that's so good, you know, blah, 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 shitty, you know, and then, and then Ted is like, oh, that's some roller coaster, and I was like, yes. This entire show is a roll. I am on that roller coaster with you guys. You have me crying. You have me laughing. I could not have liked this. Like I said, I if there was any little bit of egg on my face, you know, I, I take it off. But to me, this was literally a perfect comedic episode from top to bottom. All right, let's, let, let, I was gonna say, let's move on. Uh, Allison, go ahead. 
Oh, I love I love the episode too. There was just so much to like about it, and I want to address a few uh, a few other things. They're they're dropping little bits with Nathan here and there that he's really mm-hmm. starting to get stentorian. I mean, considering that the first episode, the, the first season, he was this mousy, sad, quiet little guy who they you know pulled out of his shell and they put him in this position of responsibility and now he's just turning into into a little tyrant yeah and and you know giving everything that he was gotten uh that that he had gotten from other people and i'm i'm really interested to see where that eventually goes because clearly ted and coach beard see this going on but they haven't addressed it yet and i'm i'm waiting for that to finally you know hit hit pay dirt as far as you know the conclusion of that but there there was there was a lot about this episode i love i love the 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 roy and keely dynamic i was so thrilled that they finally shaved his lumberjack beard down oh um, right for the for the uh show for right the broadcast yeah, yeah the, and the whole broadcast thing was fantastic i love that um the only thing i i'm and i will say as much as i love the show the the only thing that struck me as a wrong note was the bit at the end, and it's important because it, the characters yes. usually so consistent. Um, the bit at the end where they bring Jamie back, and I could see them doing that. And they they even had an episode in first season where they're talking about how how Ted is being too nice and he has to do things that are hard decisions that are good for the team. So yes, I can see it happening. But what I can't see is that he would bring it back and spring it as a huge surprise, as dramatic as it is for the episode. Yeah. He just, he, it shows contempt for the players who don't want him back. And he promised one specific player, you know, just said, I said no. And, you know, I could see him taking them aside and saying, look, we, we had to, I know what I said, but we had to make this decision because... But we didn't yep. get that scene, and instead we just got, you know, Jamie coming back and everyone staring, and it just seemed wrong. It didn't seem like something that Ted would do. Uh, I take it back. It does take away from the perfection. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I think it. Go I ahead, think Tom. It's going to be addressed in next next week's episode, though, because for me, and I love obviously I love everything that's going on with Keely and Roy, and in real life they just put they probably do a seven second delay. <laughs> for Roy, so they could, you know, they could even make a joke out of it and just have somebody standing there waiting for him to <laughs> to let lose lose a blue word. But the thing, right. with, uh, the thing with uh, Jamie, I love his encounter with his agent. <laughs> oh, his agent's like, I love you like a son, but now you're yeah. a dead son. Dead son. <laughs> yeah, I love you like a dead son, which is even more. <laughs> <laughs> but. So I think that a lot of the season is going to be about uh, that character, you know, a little bit of character rehabilitation. It's interesting. I went to IMDb while y'all were talking. He's the only lead on the show who's not nominated for an Emmy. <laughs> the act, the Poor actor guy. Who plays Jamie. Every single other actor is nominated for an for a prime. Well, there's only five wow. slots, so you can't nominate everybody. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, the the women are in separate categories. Remember. No, I know, but I said this. Oh no, for performance, they're up to seven and eight now. Oh, okay. I didn't uh, know. Yeah, uh, because maybe he does his job too well. They just don't like him. <laughs> maybe they believe. Maybe they just think he's not acting. I don't know. <laughs> but the thing is, what Sharon, what Sharon told it, Doctor Sharon says, or Doc, now that she's given the permission, Doc, Doc, is that Doc. you know going winless 
you know, at the end of the day, it is a business. Right. And although it was a two-two split on the on the staff of the you know, voting for bringing him back or not, you know, he Ted had, got the Ted, tie-breaking. Yeah, it's Ted's job. Yeah. Ted, Ted yeah. broke the tie, and Rebecca, and Rebecca would go with it too because she wants to win. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, but that's going to provide that's going to provide content for the next batch of episodes. I, and I'm glad I'm actually glad that Jamie's back. But yeah, and I think what we're going to see is him have that conversation with the team. I think that's what oh, yeah. we're going to see in the yeah. next episode. But uh, yeah, this episode was fantastic. I loved everything about it. You guys have hit all the marks, except the only thing you guys missed was another girlfriend moment between Ted and Rebecca. You know, yeah. when she's 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 still doing her swipe left, swipe right, trying to figure out the perfect guy. And she's like, is it okay if I put that I'm filthy rich on my profile? Delete, <laughs> 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 delete, delete slowly. I thought that was great. Oh, wait, that we have to talk about this, though, because the show is so brilliant that it even brought back the side characters. I love the bartender owner and the trio. Oh, yeah, the- yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And in like 30 seconds, it was so hilarious. She's like, F off. And they're like, yeah, yeah, sure, 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 sure. You know, and I just thought, what a quick, easy way to remind us of those characters, you know, and be so funny. Ugh, just, and he's like, take a, a picture, take a picture like they're sitting in your hand. Hey, have you noticed that picture's like they're sitting in his hand? That was so great. Um, but yeah. yeah, I just like. I like all of those characters, but I, of course, I, being a shipper, I am still keeping my eye on um, Ted and Rebecca. I think that's going to happen. That, that's my that's my prediction. Interesting. Uh, so I'm telling you guys, that's that's where this is going. It's only I got three don't... seasons, but that's where it's going. I got no room in my heart for anybody but Keely and Roy. <laughs> you have, but you haven't seen Ted and Rebecca yet. You don't know. All right. Well, listen, I'm not opposed to it, but if it never happens, I do not care. My ship is has come to port, and I'm happy about it. Her ship is docked. All right. Yes. All right, so let's wrap this up. We are obviously saying thumbs up. Uh, Ted Lasso's great. I'm actually – and, I mean, Apple TV is doing a really good job with their original programming, and I'm actually kind of looking forward to see – I was like, did I finish C last season? But I'm looking forward to, we have like a couple more weeks and then that show comes on. But that's They're adding Dave Bautista to the cast. I know, that's why I'm excited. Because the, the weakness of first season was their villain. They had a bad villain in first season. And Dave Bautista, I feel like, okay, they've got a villain that is up to the level of Jason Momoa. Like, I'd, I'd pay money to see the two of them fight. Absolutely. Drax versus Aquaman. all right so let's wrap that up so uh if you guys have any questions or comments you can send them to tvcampfire at gmail.com follow us on twitter and facebook sci-fi.radio we nopolis and itunes and we'll talk to you guys next time bye-bye bye